Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. It's great to have your company. My name's Tony Nichols. I'm the CEO and founder around here, and I'm joined by the Welshman, John Sullivan. Great to be here again, Tony. Welcome back. It's been some time. Yeah, I love it. And at the moment, I'm really enjoying working in the part of the PR operation. And um, yeah, fantastic. Uh, lovely, lovely to connect and talk again. How do you give a kick-ass presentation? And this is juxtaposed against not getting your ass kicked giving a presentation, which is more more common, isn't it? Yes. And uh, as we look at all the data and the downloads and the, the streaming and the like, it seems to be a really hot topic for you. So we want to dive into it a little bit deeper today. So how do you not get your ass kicked in a presentation, John? Because it actually starts in your own mind, weeks out from the opportunity. Yeah, it does. You're exactly right. If someone tells me, John, you're involved in a presentation or perhaps a podcast, I start visualizing and thinking about the things I might be asked about, how I'm going to say the things. Sometimes I'm worrying about stuff and it's not really healthy. One of the things you taught me, actually, I think it's one of the best things and best pieces of advice I've heard given on this is don't think about yourself going into any presentation. Think about your audience. What is it your audience wants to get from a presentation? And if you think about it that way, you start to serve them in the whole conduct and endeavor of bringing together a great presentation. Yeah, I think the self-consciousness, it's the you that's the problem yeah. in giving presentations because it's you and you think it's all about you. Definitely. And you're worried about you. And Yeah. But hey, it's not about you. That's the thing. No, you've got to take yourself out of it. And I think the minute you do that, you already feel more confident and light. And you think, okay, what am I talking about? I'm talking about media trends, for example, in 2024. Okay, who's my audience? Um, it's a group of uh, non-for-profits, actually. Uh, I'm guessing things like funding is really important for them and getting their message out there. So I'm starting already to have a much more positive discussion with myself and trying to frame up examples of people I've helped in that area and how I can I bring those examples to life and not just talk to an audience, actually interact and engage with them. I think that's another key sort of two-dimensional element to presentations. Anxiety is a real thing, right? Oh, yeah. And we're in a wonderful world now where we've got language to talk about anxiety and it's okay for blokes to say they're stressed and this yeah. is good, right? It's yeah. all right to be vulnerable. Yeah. So this is really good. And, I, and I'm embracing all of it. I feel so much better as a result. Being stressed was not a word in my house when I grew up. No, fair enough. It probably wasn't perceived as being the right thing to say. No. If you're a man, then say the type of thing. So, yeah. and then then having anxiety, therefore, like what? You're never, never speaking about that. What, what I come across with clients who want boardroom presentation training is they're dealing with genuine anxiety. Yeah. And I don't know if I can help with that. That's the thing. I can help put a kick-ass presentation together, but dealing with anxiety is another thing. Because So what is your frame of mind like in the lead up to this moment, like, or, or even just generally? Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I suppose if you're a CEO or a leader of an organization like a non-for-profit, you carry a lot of responsibility and you're trying to think of the stakeholders and the people you represent. I can only speak for, say, some of the great people I admire, you know, in the world, and, and they talk about how they prepare themselves. And it usually involves things like, you know, making sure you're rested, making sure you get exercise, making sure you eat right, making sure you do the work. I mean, there's no avoiding. Do the work. Sit down, practice your presentation, frame it up. I think some mistake people make, Tony, is they think they have to have it all written down for it to be okay. And we know as former broadcasters that that's not the correct thing. You know, you want you just want to be able to speak freely because most of these people have got a huge font of, of knowledge or reservoirs of experience they can draw on. They just got to back themselves to have like a trigger word that helps them get there. And that can be really important, something visual. You're right. I think writing scripts is death. Relying on a PowerPoint is death. I remember live crossing, and obviously there's nerves involved in that. I'd be trying to memorize what I was about to say. Yeah. And I'd be saying it out loud because it's going to have, you know, that helps with memory. Definitely. And I remember old grizzly cameraman just looking at me shaking their head. They didn't want me to be stuck on a script or stuck on something I've memorized because if I get that wrong, I'm, I might fumble. Mm. It might be bad. 
So we're always encouraged just to speak from our knowledge and speak from our heart. But it takes a bit of trust in yourself to do that. Yeah, it does. I mean, two of the best broadcasters I ever worked with back home in BBC Wales, uh, they were going to present a show at short notice. I think it was three hours speaking about someone sort of famous that had passed away. And they said, look, what are we going to talk about? And he said, look, you throw it, I'll catch it. And that's a confident take. And not everyone's like that. But they, they knew that if they asked each other open questions and they truly listened to each other, they could evolve the debate and move it forward. And they did. Yeah, you're so right. And in that sense, you're improvising. Yeah. Now, the whole core of anxiety is worrying about the future. Yeah. Because you don't know how things are going to roll. And something I'm getting much better with now is uh, being okay with knowing how things are going to happen. Yeah, because no one does, really. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. Well, what does Mark Tyson say? Like, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. No, no plan survives contact until it's interacted with the enemy. You know, that's the kind of truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love that. I'm going to throw the ball to you and you're going to catch it and something's going to happen. But there's a lot of magic in that because what you're doing there is you're taking yourself out of it. I suppose you are. And, you know, if you are engaging an audience, one of the things you probably would legitimately say is, look, this presentation can only go as well as your interaction with me today. I'm not here to, to lecture. I'm not here to, to bore you to tears with a PowerPoint. I want to hear your stories, your anecdotes, your pressure points. And sometimes you can undertake some of this research in advance of a presentation, Tony. I know you've done this sometimes. You'll do a bit of research and try to work out, well, who is in the room? And you might canvas some issues and hot points that we can help with immediately. And then there's people who are providing a presentation. You're immediately helping. Absolutely. And that was interesting today. We, we did throw it to the audience to see how they wanted to play. But okay, what about... You're getting ready for a presentation. Mm. You got nerves, you're getting ready, you don't want to do it. What about your playfulness? If your six-year-old or four-year-old self was asked to do a little show in front of your parents or something at school and prep, how would they have responded? There's all this playfulness that we had as kids that we don't have as adults. No. And that's a lost opportunity because I think that's where your talents and genius is. Oh, for sure. Like you said, I think as you get older, you worry so much more about the consequences and other people's scrutiny and opinion of you. And I think if you can forget that and sort of go in with a just a really positive goal, I want to do a good presentation for the audience here today and pass on my expertise and wisdom, whatever the sector is. Now, for us, it's media, it's comms, it's PR, it's communications, it's crisis communications. But of course, if you're a non-for-profit and you're helping people, for example, manage you know, NDIS plans, for example, where you're going to be thinking about your key stakeholders and how you can help them. And simplicity, Tony, that's something beautiful. Someone said to me that, you know, if you were speaking about this, John, in a pub, would they understand what you're saying? And if you can't really pass the pub test, I think that's a pretty good, valid standard for anything you're trying to do. Well, it really is. And as you know, we sit in rooms with people for hours trying to work out what they even do. Yeah. And they're trying really hard to tell us. But I'm not sure sometimes they even know. They've got this core passion and, and sort of huge desire to be successful, but they can't unpack it in a simplistic way. And sometimes that's our job with the great people that we get to work with. I think you're so right. And look, we don't plan this much, right? We start talking. Yeah. I think for your next presentation, walk in with no planning. Mm. Don't have a script. Don't have a PowerPoint. But just get up there and try to have fun and share your knowledge at the same time. Exactly right. And I think things that take anxiety away are just knowing a bit about, you know, what does the room look like? How big is it? You know, what are my tech facilities? Do I have a mic I can hold in my hand? Do I sort of wear a headset? Whatever it is, you can work some of these bits and pieces out and that gives confidence to some people. You know, where is the venue? Can I get there in time? I know it sounds silly, but you don't want to be breathless. You know, one of the great things that we get taught as broadcasters is, you know, if you're sitting down in front of a microphone, can you breathe? You know, you, you all sort of packed up tight, you know, just sounds silly, but they're just simple things. Have some water to hand because we all know that we get those sort of frogs in our throats. And I don't know about you, Tony, but I don't like to eat too much before a presentation because I think it makes you feel tired for the first thing, which is not good. And, and sometimes it can just put you off your stride as well a bit, you know? 
I love all that. But also remember that people in your audience are more nervous sitting in the audience than you are delivering. Yeah, that's a great point. Because sometimes I'll be thinking, please don't ask me. Please don't ask me a question. I don't want to be the one. Please don't look at me. (laughs) You know, so your audience members are frozen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, why should you be freaking out? Exactly. And and now smile. Yeah, of course. It relaxes you. It relaxes your audience. It's telling your body everything's okay. Yeah. And just get up there and do your best. Yeah. Because that's all you can do. Attack the opportunity with a positive mentality. And if you smile and you sort of look to engage with people, what's the biggest criticism they can say? They can say, oh, they really tried to engage with us and they tried to ask us questions. They didn't just talk to us. I mean, that's not too bad to be accused of, is it? We'll wrap up on this. And here's, this is a bit sad. I don't think anyone gives presenters honest feedback mm. because what's the incentive? None really, I suppose. It's hard. You're just going to hurt someone's feet. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So you, you couldn't be more vulnerable or sensitive once you get off stage because mm. you even if you did really well, you're going to be down in the right? yeah. And I was only at a conference the other day. Thanks, that was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> no one's going to say it. Yeah. They're all there to care for you and support you. Yeah, and I, no. I find that's a beautiful part of humanity. Yeah. But you're actually getting no help on how to get better at presentations. No. And, and that's fine. Why should the audience give you help? That's not their role. Look, you make a fair point. I, I suppose it's always good to have someone in the audience that maybe is a mentor or a colleague who, you know, can understand what the aim of the endeavor was and can say, look, that was all right, but some room for improvement because we, if we're being real with each other, as if everything can be improved upon. Everything can. Doesn't matter what your level at, uh, you're at, you can get better in any endeavor. So if we're to wrap in a way, be kind to yourself, drop the script, yeah. just be yourself, smile, have a go, and just try to get that playfulness. I just think of my eldest now who's 16, but when he was little, he'd get up in the lounge room, he'd stand up on this little step, he'd put outfits on, and he'd entertain us most nights. He's not going to be happy when he hears this, Tony. Yeah. I know he's a big boy. He's a big, yeah. he's a big lad now. But, yeah. but we've all got that little child in us yeah, of course. that's completely uninhibited. Yeah. They can tell stories. It's quite natural you to entertain and to share and influence and connect. That person has not left you. No. You just haven't connected with them for a little while. And I think if you do connect with them, wow, you are going to give a kick-ass presentation. Definitely. I think what you've said before, authenticity. If you think, hey, that was Tony on the stage, then you get a real sense that it was the real person there. And that's important. Yeah, and that's you. And I would suggest that this nervous person worried about everything is not you. No. It's not you. It's this anxious part of your personality that's quite stressed out at the moment, too much of a perfectionist. Yeah. If, uh, if we can undo all of that, these glimpses of beauty that's within you, wouldn't it be lovely to bring that to an audience? It would. I think we all build in these defense mechanisms, these sort of safety nets. And it's all done for the right reasons, but sometimes you can end up being trapped in them and sort of you've got to try and unpack all that. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. If you're inspired to increase your profile and strengthen your brand, a Good Talent Media story creation meeting could be a great place to start. You'll meet some of our key team members and do a deep dive into your brand's possibilities. We'll give you tools and strategies to implement straight away. Email info at goodtalent.com.au with the title story creation to get yours today.